I wanted to ask, if a company is held ransom, would you recommend them to pay? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Money makes a go round. It makes a go round. Money makes a Hey everyone, welcome to The Laundry, where we discuss AML, technology and the fight against financial crime. My name is Marit, with me I have Frederick and Magnus. This is The Laundry, a podcast by Strice. Hey, this is part two of the episode with Kim Grauer from Chainalysis. If you haven't listened to the first part, we strongly recommend you to go back and listen to Tuesday's episode. You mentioned that you use this data to, or law, law enforcement use this data as well to, to look up different cases. And I know ransomware uh, is becoming big business now. And as opposed to the good old days where, uh, for example, a person would get kidnapped and somebody get a ransom note in, in the mail uh, asking for money to, to get uh, the person uh, freed up. Uh, now it's actually cyber criminals who is uh, setting up these ransom notes using ransomware where they basically hack companies uh, get sensitive data sets and take that data set ransom and ask the companies to to pay them money to basically get the data back. Now, do you have any stories or examples that sort of speak to the level of this problem? Yeah, well, it's funny you say the good old days because I was just talking with someone the other day about, oh, the good old days of like the bank robbery where it's straightforward show up with a, but now it's um, now it's definitely more digital uh, The and that makes it feel like you could be attacked from anyone around the world at any given time. And ransomware is a really big problem. We called 2020 the year of the ransomware. We are seeing hundreds of millions of dollars received by identified ransomware addresses. And we know that's only scratching the surface of the problem because people underreport these attacks. So it's underreported. So it's probably way bigger than that. But it is still uh, between 2019 and 2020, we saw this kind of hyper growth in the amount of ransomware attacks that we saw. Why do you think it's underreported? It's unreported for a few reasons. One, so there's the there's some reputational risk that you might take on if you announce that you're you were attacked by ransomware, you had a vulnerability, you weren't. Um, there there's some reputational risk associated with that. Maybe people don't know the extent of the potential damage, and uh, you're worried about share price. So you might not report it for to preserve your reputation. You also might not report it because maybe you do report it to your local law enforcement agency, but they don't give us the numbers or or you might just simply not know who to report it to. Mm. You might just pay the ransom and just move on. You might not even know that there's this concept of ransomware reporting. Uh, you might just pay up and, 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 not, and not do any. So there's a variety of reasons why people don't report. Understood. So, so who stands, uh, who's behind these attacks? I think we've got something like 170 active ransomware strains in 2021 that we identified and that kind of that's going to continue to rise for a variety of really interesting reasons but a majority of the attacks especially the big successful ransomware cyber groups that have been around for a long time they're they're mostly operating in Russia and they are sometimes known groups such as Evil Corp which is sanctioned and there's and they've been not just carrying out ransomware attacks, they've been behind other cybercrime attacks as well. And and we've also seen many of these different groups carrying out some of the bigger attacks are originating from and within 
Russia. Now, that's not the only story. I think we said something like 75% of all of the ransomware attacks have some sort of Russia footprint. And that is how we do our, how we assign a ransomware strain to a, to a, to a country. Oftentimes we won't know the name of the people unless there's an investigation or unless there's kind of some known intelligence that that we've been given, but we can we can kind of get a sense of the landscape. So they're operating in Russia. They fund their uh, they fund their campaigns through certain exchanges or they they use certain services with cryptocurrency and we know that they use certain forums to purchase their goods. And then sometimes you can get the you know maybe the name of a handle that they're using. So Blockchain allows us to paint a pretty interesting picture of who these bad actors are, but you'll need to have some sort of law enforcement investigation that that try like triages the situation with a lot of different data as well in order to to figure out the name and who the person is and what their motivation is, where they were born and all and all that stuff. Interesting. Hi, I'm William and I work as a software developer at Strice. We observe that existing KYC software is often incomplete, hard to navigate, and is not built for team collaboration. As a developer at Strice, my primary mission is to change this. The tech team at Strice purely focuses on making software that is easy to use and where teams across your organization can easily collaborate to keep your customer's journey moving forward fast. Want to trial how easy it is to use the Strice platform? Sign up for 5 days trial today. I know that this has even now become a business model where you have ransom as a service that you can order. What is ransom as, uh, ransomware as a service? Ransomware as a service is when you, historically, ransomware was carried out by the people who built the ransomware. So you would be a person who, a cyber, a cyber cr- criminal, and you would be interested, but you would also kind of have the coding chops to create a malware that could lock someone's computer. And you would also be behind the delivery of that malware. So you would also be uh, in, in, in the kind of phishing game or so what other way you kind of gain access to an individual's computer. So this was all happening within one person or one kind of small group. What the development was, kind of the business development, which is what they what they did was they were like, well, let's sell these on the dark web. Let's sell these packages of ransomware on the dark web and kind of bake within the code that we get an X percent of every ransom paid to this kind of to this whole package. And you can see this happening on the blockchain. You can see when you can see some of these attacks, a percentage, an exact percentage is sent to who we know to be the the kind of what we call the admin, an exact percentage is sent to who we know to be the affiliate. And it, and you can see these exact percentages of that ransomware payment sent to these different actors. And so ransomware as a service has allowed ransomware to scale because now anyone can carry out a ransomware attack just buying the package on the dark web. Of course, most people don't because there's risk associated. You have to be, you still have to be relatively um, sure of what you're doing in order to do this without without doing something that's that's an error. But the more interesting thing about ransomware as a service, well, ransomware as a service is really what allowed ransomware to scale, but we're starting to see ransomware or kind of the as service model coming into other types of attacks like malware, crypto jacking, phishing attacks, all these things that are not just ransomware, but are more broadly within the malware category are starting to move to this malware as a service 
model as well. So we are actually expecting that malware will be able to scale in a similar way to ransomware over the coming years because it's moved into this model as well. Interesting. So, so what do you, what's your recommendations for banks and financial institutions? Uh, what, what should they do to prevent cyber crime attacks like this or handle them? Well, I'm not the best person to ask for cybersecurity, you know, hygiene um, related topics. But I think what I've heard and what makes sense to me is having a having a kind of a, a well-defined vestment in your cybersecurity uh, in your cybersecurity team. So you prioritize protection against these attacks, and and these kind of basic things really do help. So you educate your team about how to how to not download phishing links, and and edu- education is a big part of that as well. Your cybersecurity team is going to be crucial here. I know our cybersecurity team on at Chainalysis is extremely active in education and preventing um, and kind of creating these filters to to weed out spam and whatnot. I don't think there's a silver bullet, but I do also know that. That when it comes to ransomware, you're only as as strong as your weakest link. So if there's a one computer on a network that has a vulnerability, you are your entire organization is at risk. So you really have to kind of pull everyone up and and, and work on cybersecurity hygiene. That's why cybersecurity is such an incredibly fast growing industry because it's extremely important and companies know that they need to invest in it. I was also wondering with the sort of dark numbers on this, uh, how many is actually paying up? Like if they are held ransom, how, do we have any numbers on that? Like how many companies are actually paying the sums? We don't We don't know the percentage of people attacked versus the percentage of those who pay up. And we also don't know the percentage of people attacked. Like we don't know how many people were their, their cybersecurity filters weeded out a, a potential attack. So maybe they were vi- the victim, but they, they thwarted the attack effectively. So that is something that, is probably huge. There's probably a huge success rate overall. But we so we but we don't know how many people are are could have been the victim of a ransomware attack because we just don't have those numbers. That would be an awesome number to have though, but we don't have those numbers and we also don't know what percentage of people who are attacked by ransomware, maybe they have their files backed up and they just kind of throw away their computer and they're like oh, I'll just eat the eat the cost and I'm not going to pay the ransomware, but I'm also it's okay because everything's backed up. Um, that is another thing you can you can do to protect yourself is make sure everything is is backed up so if your computer is um is attacked you you won't at least risk losing everything because we do know some ransomware attacks don't effectively decrypt your computer after you pay anyway Mm. so it's it's not that common but it does happen especially if there's kind of a geopolitical element to the attack where they are more interested both in financial gain and but also disruption so there, there might not even be a way to recover even if you do pay the ransom. So backing up your files is really important. And some people might have have all everything in place, uh, their files backed up and they are attacked and then they might just say, hey, you know what, I'm not going to pay this this person. I'm just going to um, wipe my drive my drive, and kind of re-download everything. Which, so uh, all that to say, we, we don't really know. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's super interesting and a, and a great tip though. Always have everything backed up and try to cryptate as, uh, or encrypt, I mean, uh, as much data as possible. Now lastly on this topic, I wanted to ask, if a company is held ransom, would you recommend them to pay? 
Oh, that's a really interesting question. And I go back and forth on that because you have to have a tremendous amount of empathy for the position of the victim who is who has their entire life locked up and my, their entire business might be impacted. And so they might just genuinely need to pay in order to, to survive this this attack. But I also have sympathy for the other, the other argument, which is we're just enabling this. If people... I asked a cybersecurity professional, I was like, why is it scaling so much? Why is ransomware growing so much? This is crazy. And they do say, you know, the ransomware as a service model is what allows it. But they also said, read the news. Every day there's people are saying millions of dollars received by ransomware criminals. So if you're kind of a, a young person who has coding skills, you you might you might see that as, oh, I should get into ransomware. Um, and so uh, one of the reasons that they say that ransomware is growing so fast is simply because it's everywhere in the news that you can make so much money this way and, and so if we prevent that people from paying you it, there is a long-term benefit in the sense that maybe it will stop the be faster to stop the the attacks but i don't i don't know what the kind of the best social outcome is it's kind of almost philosophical like utilitarian versus you know for the whole community so i i don't know but i do know that uh, the the regulators are are really grappling with with that exact question all right i don't think we had any more questions no i think that's it for now thank you so much for coming on the laundry it was a pleasure having you thank you thank you so much for having me appreciate it kim yeah, money, money.